Welcome to Money and Taxes from BB to XYZ. I'm Regina Neenan, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm Jason Spessiner, Certified Financial Planner and Enrolled Agent. Now, Jason, I am really pretty excited about today's episode because we get to talk about what I think are two of maybe our favorite topics, not just finance, but also fitness. You know, I haven't really considered myself an athlete for the majority of my life. I was a little more artsy, a little more bookish when I was a kid. How about you? I mean, I guess you could say that I was. I grew up playing lots of sports, did a lot more in high school, and actually I played football in college. And since then, it's sort of been off and on. I I think in this part of my journey, I'm probably a little more off than I have been in the past. But We can also figure that this goes in waves and being fit is something that not only benefits you physically, but also financially. And and we'll dig into that. Yeah. On the fitness side, you know, I've been running off and on for maybe like 15 years or so, but I got pretty serious about it last year and this year. And as far as the financial side of that, it's not really an expensive sport. However, last year I started ice skating and then uh, began playing hockey a few months ago. So I'm, I'm getting the, uh, the nexus between finances and fitness here, being active in a pretty pricey sport. But of course, not everybody takes part in really expensive sports. And fitness does not have to cost money. Um, it can be just as simple as going out for a walk to get your steps in every day. There's an area of making fitness easy you know, recently, and that's been fit tech. And I'm a big tech guy. So I always like to see like how can I incorporate the technology, whether it's a wearable or whether it's some, you know, some other app into a fitness routine. And how does that help me sort of stay on track? Another area where these things sort of intersect is something like your HSA. If you think about what you're able to do if you maintain some good fitness, you're not necessarily having as much uh, as far as medical bills go. And all of a sudden you can preserve that HSA and keep it kind of working for you for the long term, which is really the best use of it. So we'll get into those areas and sort of look at that generation by generation. But you know, the overarching idea here is being active, being fit can definitely reduce your expenses and reduce your outflows and help you on the financial side. One thing that really stands out to me being the uh, resident director of insurance planning here at FP Foco is that healthcare can be expensive. Health insurance can be expensive. And that brings me to baby boomers. Let's dive into it because I know our baby boomers are, you know, Medicare age are getting super close. And this is a big part with retirement healthcare expenses just in general, right? Getting to Uh, retirement often means that you're losing some employer-sponsored insurance coverage. And so having a good fitness plan and and a way to keep yourself sort of on top of that was going to help you ultimately with your retirement healthcare expenses, whether it's Medicare or not. Yeah. And it can really help you enjoy retirement. Being able to get out there and enjoy those vacations or you know, simply being able to pick up your grandkids if you have them, keeping that in part of your routine can not only help reduce the expense side, but also help with the enjoyment side. If you want to travel and see the world, of course, right? You can't do a whole heck of a lot if you're not able to you know, get up and down the stairs or get, go on the long walks or just have this sort of exhausting days where you just get to sort of see the world. Now, granted, I enjoy my time on a beach just like the next person, but also the tours of the the old places and things where not everything is designed for easy movement. Sometimes being fit will help you navigate that and get to execute on that goal, get to you know have a part of your retirement plan include a vigorous travel schedule. Yeah. Mobility is a huge one. How do you want to spend your retirement? Is it going back and forth between doctor's appointments, that part of mobility, or getting out there, like you said, really traveling the world, enjoying your time with family and friends? 
And Jason, I'll let you speak to this a little bit because you already touched on it, and that is maybe losing an employer-sponsored healthcare plan. Lately, I've been talking to a couple folks about bridging the gap between earlier than 65 retirement and Medicare age at 65. Well, and here comes the tax overlay, I suppose, especially with the Affordable Care Act and the ability to get a premium tax credit subsidized health insurance plan being retired prior to Medicare eligibility could give you a lot of control of your income. And you may be able to control how much taxable income is coming in to allow you to make the most use of that premium tax credit and keep those healthcare costs low. So in combination with a little bit of tax planning and a little bit of fitness planning. Uh, one of the things I like to think about too is, is going back to that fintech ideas, you know, getting a wearable, getting something that's going to track your steps and, and sort of motivate you to, to get up and move and, and you know, get your exercise minutes in each day. You know, bringing all those things together, you could really do a lot to help your cash flow plan too by reducing your healthcare costs holistically. For sure. And, you know, once you make it to that age 65 to Medicare in general, um, especially at the beginning of uh, Medicare age, when you hit that age 65, a lot of people expect their expenses to go down because you know maybe they're not using quite as much health care. Of course, they're on that great plan. Right. And once you hit that Medicare eligibility age, then your need to be so diligent about monitoring and, and sort of capping that taxable income to reduce that healthcare cost through the premium tax credit, that goes away or it changes. And so it allows you to stay on top of that distribution plan because then there are other opportunities that'll start to come up. You know, Maybe you hit Medicare age, but prior to social security, and maybe you want to look at some Roth conversion strategies, for example, to lock in some really low tax rates that you couldn't do if you were trying to you know, get a premium tax credit. You don't certainly want to be doing big Roth conversions. So you just have to shift and you know, keep your eye on that plan as you cross that milestone. Absolutely. And as far as Gen X goes, some of them are getting to the age where they can really start preparing for these, putting dollars in specific buckets so that they can, you know, hopefully stay fit, stay in shape and have those low health care costs between, you know, that pre-65 retirement and Medicare age. Well, right. And if you go into preparing for all of this, right? If you're thinking about how you're making the most of those high earning years, you're contributing to your HSA, you're getting that tax deduction, of course, for doing that, but then you're saving dollars for future healthcare expenses, hopefully. And then you're looking at even regular savings. Once you get beyond maxing out your employer sponsor plan, you got your Roth IRA max, you got your HSA max, you're adding dollars to your regular savings. And this is what's so cool when you do hit that retirement. And you have that pool of money, that war chest, if you will, to tap into initially that really does keep a cap on that taxable income so that, for example, if you're trying to bridge that gap to Medicare for a long time, you're able to do that with a big pool of either already tax dollars or if you're investing that money, you know, because it's beyond a year or so that you actually need it, it's going to be very tax efficient dollars, right? We're talking capital gain income, qualified dividend income and so on. Yeah. And you mentioned HSAs there. And so, of course, to be on a high deductible health plan, you probably want to be in a place where you maybe don't need to use quite as much health care. Maybe save some of those big surgeries for uh, for when you hit Medicare. I've heard of people kind of planning out those big health care events. But here we go again with fitness, um, being in shape, staying fit, and really keeping your health care in check so that you don't have those massive outflows. Here's what's interesting about that is I think about how fit you can get in some of the things that feels like, you know, Gen X, maybe there's a big part of your identity that's tied to your fitness, right? And it's a big part of your financial life as well. Well, maybe you're entering things like CrossFit and some extreme sports. 
sports or triathlons or whatever. And just be careful not to overdo it because I can tell you from my experience, and this is a, as a millennial, but either way, is getting as fit as I've been in my life. I also sort of taxed my body a little bit more than I was used to when I was younger. And so it's really easy to kind of cross that line. And so just, just watching that to make sure that you're doing this in a way that helps you stay healthy while not also sort of jeopardizing potentially your joints and other areas of your body where you could end up needing to increase your medical costs. For sure. And if being fit is going to increase your costs, um, add it to your financial plan. Just like anything else, you can always go in and change your financial plan. You can always change your level of fitness. It's not too late to get started with this if you are in Gen X and really haven't considered yourself an athlete in the past. Another thing with Gen X is you might have kids in their you know mid-20s where they're getting close to that age 26 and aging out of your health insurance. So maybe starting now can help to inspire them to stay fit themselves and really make the most of, uh, of their opportunities when it comes to getting on their own health insurance plans. Maybe doing that high deductible plan, having a health savings account, not only set them up for success in fitness, but also in their financial lives. And you're just setting a good example to sort of guide them, so to speak, and show them that this is how you know I've done this and approached it, and it's been good both financially and for my fitness. And so passing that on, obviously, to your kids is, is a huge upside for the family. Jason, I know as a millennial, you are really doing that for your kids. You have very active children. I do, I suppose, right? I, I'm actually thinking of this as recently. Shiloh is in a uh, dance camp that's five days a week, two weeks straight, and every day she comes home and tells me how sore she is and um, how good all of that that has been for her. So that's been huge. Hunters into baseball, Quentin into musical theater. So all very, very sort of active and doing things that are keeping them moving. And that's great. And I you know, also heard stories from other parents that make me sort of feel like I'm not even doing enough. I had one dad on Hunter's baseball team tell me that he gets his kid up every morning and takes him on a 5K run. And I'm thinking, geez, Louise, that's, you know, you really got it going pretty early there. So there are lots of ways to do this, of course, if you have kids and, and you want to keep them moving and pursue their passions usually is a good start to what will help them get and stay fit. That's excellent. I know when I was really little, my mom used to like lift weights around the house, but nothing major. So I didn't really come from a fit family. And I just started going to the gym myself back in January, which I'm absolutely loving. It's a regular part of my budget now. It's a regular part of my schedule. It kind of falls into my budget with entertainment and subscriptions. And it's great. But uh, my partner, on the other hand, Zach, he is getting some aches and pains here from overdoing it. So a reminder to millennials, fit it in your budget, but also uh, make sure that you're not overdoing it with the fitness. That's just it. And, and I could imagine going as you did from lots of running to inside in a gym, you're probably exploring new things that you could be doing in different ways, whether it's doing more you know, weights versus cardio and so on. It definitely gives you that experience to sort of keep things fresh, right? And keep things interesting. I know, like I mentioned earlier, one of the periods of my life where I've been as fit as I ever had, I was doing a lot of this high intensity interval training and that was really interesting and it was really good for me. And, and again, ran the mile as fast as I've ever done it and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, it did take a toll on the body. I started getting these little nagging injuries that I noticed, like I thought I was clear with being a football player that I didn't have anything going wrong with me. And I was like, oh, I got great knees and I got great shoulders, like all this stuff, you know, and then all of a sudden, a lot of activity, a little older in life, it started to creep up. So it is, it's a reminder to keep balance, right? To keep sort of that idea that you can do both the fitness thing and the wellness thing, I suppose. Maybe that's the best way to describe it all at once and keep it light on the pocketbook by avoiding 
injury and unexpected medical expense. You know, this is also a reminder that you have health insurance for a reason. Just because you have maybe a high deductible plan, that deductible might not be too high. If you have an HSA, you can rely on it if you need to. So take advantage of those things. Don't let your uh, fitness injuries get the better of you and you know hold off on going to a doctor because you don't want to start digging into that high deductible and start paying that. Now, what are all these young and healthy Gen Z listeners thinking now is that, well, I'm pretty young. I'm pretty healthy. I I don't know. Like, should I even deal with this or should I, this is something I wait to do when I'm a little older. And obviously the, the more active you can be, the, the sooner you start, the more you make it sort of a habit. They call this idea of like habit stacking. So maybe you go brush your teeth and you go on a nice long run or whatever the case is. So it's sort of one after the other, that ounce of prevention, obviously being worth a pound of cure. And yeah, you are young and healthy. So, so get after it because it's not going to hurt nearly as much. <laughs> yeah. And I know we said, you know, it's never too late to start. I don't think it's ever too early to start either. So uh, Gen Zers out there, you don't have to wait until you maybe have that high income like our Gen Xers have. Maybe get out and go for a run. Um, Lace up your tennis shoes and, and you're off. You're off to the races. Is that too punny? I don't know. But hello, technology too, right? I mean, you have this idea that the world, as we go younger through the generations, more adept at utilizing technology in the day-to-day lives and everything now, it seems like, you know, I have a watch on, just monitors my every body function. <laughs> and that's a good thing when you think about how you want to be motivated, right? If I want to be motivated by knowing, like if I look down and I, hey, I'm not, you know, I haven't closed this ring yet, right? If you're familiar with the Apple Watch rings, I better go do that. I better go, you know, get some Thing, you know, happening here. And this is going to monitor my heart rate, my respiration rate, my all of these different things to make sure that I'm improving and getting better. And, and so if you're young and just sort of used to the idea of having technology sort of intertwined with your day-to-day lives, it's a great way to keep yourself motivated, keep yourself going. Yeah, I have a friend who has this really neat watch. I'm not sure uh, which company makes it, but as she runs, it actually tells her what percentage of each side of her body she's using in her exercise. So she was recovering from an ACL injury. And as she was running, her watch was telling her, you know, you're using 51% of your left side and only 49% of your right side um, where you're recovering from that injury. So it's really, um, you know, helping her to improve better. So maybe she's spending fewer dollars on, um, on certain rehab activities. And, you know, speaking of injuries, make sure you have health insurance because no matter how young you are, you could have a major medical issue like tearing your ACL or breaking a bone. And medical bankruptcy is is a real thing. Avoid that by having at least some medical insurance in place. If you're young, you can even do like a catastrophic plan. So you're paying less out of pocket on your premiums, although you may be paying more if one of those unfortunate events does happen. That watch is fascinating. The one that measures half and half or what you're doing with your body. That That's amazing. Wow. But yeah, absolutely. Health insurance. That's the one insurance. If you had to pick, if you had just sort of a, a list of options laid out in front of you and you could only pick one insurance to hold, health insurance ultimately is, is a big, big deal in this day and age because the costs are so high and the stakes are so high if something were to happen to land you in the hospital for a little period of time, like you want to make sure you're taken care of there. Yeah. And uh, we've said it before, but make fitness a part of your routine now because hopefully you can avoid some injuries later on, whether it's, you know, a big one-timer or just some wear and tear from from overuse over the years. Let's talk about today's takeaways, right? And so I think the first one here is no matter your generation, getting started or getting back to fitness is something that will help you prevent future health-related financial woes. So it's never too late to start, just like a financial plan and financial planning. Being fit and staying fit, there is never 
a wrong time to do it. And speaking of finance, include fitness in your budget. It's a great way to pay yourself first, whether it is, you know, downloading a new app or a premium gym membership. And like you said, medical bankruptcy is real. So no matter what your level of fitness, make sure you have health insurance, please. It is the one and only insurance you should never, ever go without. Agreed. I mean, I might be a little biased, but make sure you have your health insurance. And uh, also tell us how fitness and finance intersect in your life. We'd love to hear it. If you have an idea for a future podcast or um, you want to share your fitness and finance story, you can let us know. Um, reach out to money and taxes at podcast at fpfoco.com. You'll also uh, find that email in the show notes. This episode was written and produced by me, Jason Spessiner. And me, Regina Neenan. I also edited the episode. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Jason Spessiner and Regina Neenan are investment advisor representatives of Financial Planning Fort Collins, a registered investment advisor. The information in this podcast is provided for general educational and entertainment purposes only. It may not apply to you or your specific circumstances and should not be considered financial, investment, or tax advice. 